What in the world is happening with the financial markets? How about the crypto markets? Are we on the cusp of a recession and dystopian hellscape? Or are there reasonable steps you can take to ensure your own financial and emotional security? We're pleased to welcome Tika Tawari of the Palm Beach Letter back to the show to discuss all of these things and more. So if you're ready for a healthy dose of optimism and financial literacy, you've come to the right place as we welcome Tika Tawari back to the show for episode number 663 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Hello, friends. Happy New Year. Welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast. Still the show for the crypto curious and the crypto serious. I am Sir Lord Joel Com. And I am Lord Travis Wright. No longer, sir. You felt that was redundant. <laughs> well, it's funny when you get somebody going, wait a second. If you're a sir and then you become a lord, lord circumcised. The whole sir. damn thing is tongue-in-cheek to I begin know, with. I, no, I, no, we're going to be barons. Okay. And we're going to be viscounts. And we're going to work our way up to Duke. I Again, I got a coupon. <laughs> you can get a discount on the Viscount. <laughs> if, this is our first show of the year? This is our first show of the year. Yeah, we were yeah. taking a break. Uh, I was on vacation. You were on vacation. And, yeah. and uh, we're back. And we're back, bitches. Yeah, yeah. I had, a, I had a time. We could talk about it in future episodes. We want to get into this one because this is a, a really good episode. And um, we also get to do a little conspiracy chops in here. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then Tiki's like cutting us off at the knee, cutting He's me off at the knee. Tiki. We're not going to it's Tika. We're not going to the Tiki room. Uh, and and uh, we jump right into the interview. So let yeah. me set the stage here. Tika yeah, Tawari is the executive chairman strategy board at DeFi Technologies. They're a company aiming to become the world leader in offering services built upon DeFi. He is also the editor of the Palm Beach Letter, small cap and cryptocurrency advisory firm uh, Palm Beach confidential the dude is a former hedge fund manager a wall street executive dude is smart super smart widely considered one of the world's premier crypto analysts we talk about a lot of stuff in this interview so let's get to it tico what's going on brother hey it's good to be here are we starting we're officially started we're uh, we're hanging out at uh at my place here in palmas del mar puerto rico that didn't seem like an official start, though. That kind of was just like, hey. Yeah, well, that's how Rogan does it. Uh, here we yeah, are. Rogan's just kind of, what's going on? That's- it's Joel Rogan yeah. now, apparently. <laughs> but it's this in-person <laughs> feel is just so much more intimate. All the, the interviews we do, they're you know on the screen. I'm so sick of Zoom and seeing just people's faces on the screen in front of me. And like, Tika's here in the flesh. That's right. Because he is also Boricua. He is Puerto Rican. Yeah. Yes. So you, how long have you been here on the island? Five years. I came here in uh, 2018. You're, you are OG then. Uh, the real OGs came in 2012 and 2014. Those are the real OGs. I'm just a G. Yeah. I'm not even a G. I'm still like an F. Working on the alphabet. Yeah. Still, you know, we're coming Dude, up in two years. Dude, I've not seen that Mickey Mouse right there, though. That's pretty badass. What is that from? Uh, so Travis is admiring a, uh, a Walt Disney Mickey Mouse poster. This was hanging in my childhood home. 
the whole time I was growing up. Really? And, uh, yep. So, in a frame? Uh, in a frame, but okay. a different frame. All I had right. this framed in San Juan. So that's old so school this right is, there. This that's is, for real OG. This is old school, kind of like Very nice. me. Very cool. I'm old school. We have a guest here, though. He, That's nobody true. Cares about but the I hadn't Mickey seen Mouse that post. before, and I was like, well, man, Mickey. Is there anything else you haven't we seen in my place? We got Mickey and, 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 and Tiki. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, dude. Let's get into, uh, into the markets, because um, crypto has been kind of going sideways here for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, we got a little, you know, time stamp this. It is January 11th. Is that right? It's one one one. Yeah, one one one. One 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 two three. Make a wish. There we go. Um, today and Bitcoin's actually up. The crypto market's up a little bit as of this moment. Bitcoin's like seventeen five. Ethereum is I think thirteen fifty something like that. The stock market, you know, has had a little bit of a run. And I saw you a couple weeks ago here at a party, and I said, "What do you think is going to happen?" And you told me, and I want you to tell everybody right now what is happening now. And what do you think is going to happen in the near term? So to give some context as to what's happening now, we've got to pull the camera back a little bit. What a lot of people don't realize, especially new people that have come into crypto or even people that have come into the stock market over the last five to 10 years, is that asset prices, the prices of financial assets, the prices of homes, the prices of art, the prices of collectible cars, and yes, even the price of Bitcoin is ultimately determined by the risk-free rate of return, i.e., how much money do I get if I'm not taking any risk buying, let's say, U.S. government bonds? Well, when U.S. government bonds are trading at 50 basis points or 100 basis points, What it does is when you do a relative valuation between the risk-free rate of return and everything else, it increases the value of everything else. So why am I talking about that? I'm talking about that because for the first time in 15 years, you can actually get a halfway decent rate of return on the the risk-free rate. Recently, the 10-year Treasury was yielding 4.3%. It's now yielding 3.5%. If you look at investment grade bonds, these are bonds that are rated triple B or up. They have a default rate of 0.32%. So essentially risk free. If we use the investment grade bond uh, income as the risk free rate, well, that's yielding five and a half percent. That is unbelievable that you can get a five and a half percent interest rate without taking any risk. I don't believe it. Well, you, you just said it was unbelievable. It, it is unbelievable. Yeah. You can go, go online and, and do searches. You can get bonds in any number of A-rated blue chip companies that are yielding around 5.5%. Some, well, some yeah, are yielding 6%. Inflation being so high, it's almost like, well, 5%, but inflation's at X percent. Okay, so let me finish what I have yeah, to yeah. say. This, mm-hmm. is, this is all to give you a, a preliminary framework mm-hmm. for why pricing is the way it is, and and what will impact pricing moving forward. The thing to remember about inflation is it doesn't stay around for 10, 15, or 20 years. It stays around for a few years, and if the Federal Reserve can stay focused on it, they can typically bring it under control within two to three years. So if you're getting, let's call it a 5.5% return, and inflation normalizes to 2% within three years, but you've got long-dated bonds at 20 years, you're actually crushing it. You're getting 350 basis points above the long-term rate of inflation with no risk. So what's happening, and again, the reason why I'm bringing this up is that because 
that math exists, an enormous amount of money has moved out of stocks uh, and into far less riskier mm. assets. What we're experiencing right now is a de-risking of assets across the board from small investors to large investors. And, and crypto is a part of that. Remember that Bitcoin came about at the beginning of the world's largest experiment of money printing, right? So Bitcoin has always known a world of massive money printing. Bitcoin was, a, was and is a check against out-of-control money printing. Well, what happens when the money supply shrinks? Well, that's what's happening right now. Bitcoin goes down in price. Bitcoin becomes less valuable the more responsible central bankers become. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean now that, oh, we don't need Bitcoin? Central bankers have found, you know, they've found Jesus and they're, they're, they're on the righteous path? No. They're only doing this because inflation is a gun at the temple of central bankers. If they do not get inflation out under control, they know that their currencies will be as worthless as an Argentinian peso or a, or a Bolivar. Mm -hmm. And they are deathly afraid of that taking place. And so we should take Jerome Powell seriously when he says he is unafraid of breaking the economy and causing massive unemployment in order to get inflation under control. And, and under that scenario, you really don't want to belong anything other than short-term bonds. Certainly dollar cost average into Bitcoin, I, as I do, I think it makes sense. But if you're looking to allocate large capital right now, I wouldn't be putting it in equities and I certainly wouldn't be putting it in any crypto. And if I'm going to go in crypto, I'm not going to go way out onto the risk curve. Yeah, Bitcoin and Ethereum, that, that to me, those are the two, let's call them blue mm -hmm. chips, but they're not. Let me be clear, they're not blue chips. But in, in, if we're saying, okay, what are the highest quality projects within the space? It's Bitcoin and Ethereum. There's no question to that. Uh, the other thing to remember is that Right now, if we look at the, the, the traditional financial market, uh, they are taking their cue from their analysts as to what they believe will happen on interest rates. And so their allocation to Bitcoin or even Bitcoin derivatives like the CME futures is all based upon where they think inflation will go and what they think the Federal Reserve will do. Their model suggests that uh, not only is uh, Powell going to stop raising interest rates, but he's going to pivot and cut interest rates at some point this year. And that is not going to happen. Mm. It, that is a fantasy. We call that hopium. Not only do crypto degenerates suck on the hopium pipe, but also the guys on Wall Street as well. And they are imbibing deeply of the hopium pipe right now if they think that Jerome Powell is going to stop and cut interest rates in 2023. It is not, not going to happen. And when that reality sinks in, not only will equity prices go down, but so will Bitcoin prices and so will Ethereum prices. Mm. So if we're looking at long term, then, you know, we haven't bottomed out according to you, what you're thinking then. You know, it seems to me there's a lot of people talking about the global economy is teetering. Like we've we've been kind of sitting on the edge, like the Bank of England was, was teetering. There was, was like a global margin calls and stuff going on. Like there's some crazy stuff going on internationally in the economy. So I know a lot of people are, are freaking out. So but for your perspective, you think that it might it will recover eventually. 
and potentially Bitcoin could go to what? 12, 10? What do you think? Well, it, well let's look at the different, the different scenarios that are out there. If we're just looking at a scenario of Jerome Powell raising rates longer than the street expects, you know, Bitcoin will come in, but not a lot. You know, 15K, something, something like that. If we're talking about uh, a continuation of the fraud and the fallout from Sam Bankman-Fried, where let's say DCG has to file bankruptcy, they have to liquidate the GBTC trust and start smacking the bid with all that Bitcoin. And then let's say that then unwinds Tether, which we then find out is a fraud or Binance has a huge problem. Let's say hypothetically they have a fraud problem. Under a situation like that, where you have massive systemic rollout risk, you know, nine to $11,000 Bitcoin is, is not out of the question. Well, this story just popped up on Reuters today. World Bank warns global economy could tip into recession in 2023. So the bankers, the bankers are, you know, sounding an alarm at the very least here. They're slashing their forecasts on, on growth and, and saying uh, they expect global GDP of 1.7% in 2023, which is as slow as it's been um, outside of the 2009-2020 recession since 1993. Yeah, but, the, but if you look at Wall Street estimates, they've barely moved. They're saying that, that earnings will come down maybe 3 or 4%. So they don't care. Well, think about what they're in the business of. They, they're called sell-side analysts for mm-hmm. a reason, right? Their job is to sell stocks and to sell deals that they have positions in or that are investment banking clients. Uh, you know, if a sell-side analyst's lips are moving, you know he's lying. <laughs> so uh, Their job is to yeah. sell retail to mom and pop, take their money, and give it to the big financial institutions, right? Correct. That's yes. what they do yes. every day, all day. It's, that, a, it's a chump bet. Yeah, but look, that's not to say there aren't pockets of value in the stock market. There, there are. What I'm saying is, is that just be patient. Now is not the time to FOMO. There's a time where it makes sense to FOMO. Early to mid-stage of a bull market, yes, FOMO. You'll make a ton of money FOMOing. Being too conservative will actually hurt you in a market like that. But we're only in year one of a crypto bear market that normally goes for two, two and a half years, and we're only in year one of an equity bear market in a situation where interest rates are actually going up, not going down. So it, there is no reason to FOMO. You know what I'm buying right now? 30 and 90 day government bonds. That's it. And then I'm waiting. And, but you're not selling your, your Bitcoin. You're just no, modeling. No, I have never going. sold my Bitcoin. From the first Bitcoin I bought back in 2016 for 400 and change, I, I, don't, I don't sell my Bitcoin. I don't trade my Bitcoin. Trading your Bitcoin, and I'm going to make a lot of enemies during this, <laughs> is one of the stupidest decisions you could ever make. Stupid, I, stupid, stupid, I have stupid, sold stupid, the bottom stupid. so many times. You may as well just look at me and say stupid, 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 because I know I, it's, I, I don't know why I've capitulated. I understand capitulating once, but making the same mistake twice, that's, yeah, I didn't learn from it. Here's the key with Bitcoin. Buy it. Don't use leverage. Use your own wallet. Put it away. And just don't think about it. Go live your life. Okay? The Bitcoin is there to do the heavy lifting for you over time. If you want to sit there and gamble your way and try to become a you know, multimillionaire gambling, 
fine, do that. But know that you're doing that. Mm -hmm. But if you want to own Bitcoin and you want to own a a long-term asset that will compound for you at a faster rate than any other asset in the world will for you, at least any other traditional asset, then all you have to do is to be smart enough to do nothing. That's it. Yeah. I'm good at doing nothing. <laughs> that That is an interesting thing. So now there's a lot of people who are like, okay, so I've gotten out of some shit coins and you're putting them into some stable coins and people are thinking, okay, the stable coin, it's in my wallet. It should be secure. But sometimes these stable coins are not secure. So it's like, what, what would you suggest to somebody who's like, they pulled money out of the market and it's sitting in USDC or USDT and it's not doing much. They're scared of DeFi right now and they're just kind of chilling on it. Like, Buy 90-day government bonds that are guaranteed and yielding 4 to 4.5% and just wait. That's mm. it. Just wait. So you need to pull it out of the market, out of crypto, into cash, and then trade that in Ameritrade or something. You go, Ameritrade, Fidelity. Okay, uh, yeah, anyway, you, can go, you can go directly to Treasury Direct and uh, buy your bonds directly from the government. Buy some bonds, go enjoy your life, and be patient mm. and wait. We've all been through bull markets before. Yeah. We know they don't just go straight up. Right. Right. They always give you multiple opportunities to get That's back good. on board. And then they end in tears yeah. and weeping and gnashing of teeth. But what happens when the dollar collapses? When the dollar mean? is not going to collapse. That you is think so? another. Just, okay, a, here we go. Here that we is go. just some just total garbage that has been people have been talking about for the last thirty years. Do you know how much wealth there is in the world? Hundreds of trillions of dollars. Where are you going to put that? You're going to put that in the Chinese currency where they're going to confiscate all your money? Mm-hmm. You're going to put that in the Swiss franc? You'll blow up the Swiss franc. It's not big enough. You're going to go put it in the Japanese yen? Yeah, good luck with that. There's only so many places you can put that much money. There's the only bucket big enough and the only place that, pro- that protects uh, uh, your property ownership rights um, is the United States. Say what you want about America. Our property ownership rights and our, our contract law here is second to none. So at the end of the day, you can hate on America all you want. You can say they print all they want. No one is dethroning the dollar anytime soon. Yes, it's a broken system. Think of the dollar as I've always said that the dollar is 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 the is he's the skinniest fat guy in a room of unhealthy fat guys, right? <laughs> okay. they're, they're all unhealthy. They're all got type two diabetes. Right. They're all doing the wrong thing. But he's the healthiest guy in the room. So that's not me because I'm the fattest guy here. <laughs> I don't know. You look lighter than I saw you I'm, last I'm, time. I'm, I'm trimming down. So let me ask this then. So. The U.S. dollar is not going to crash, but what they convert it to the the digital currency, right? Which is scaring a lot of people. We're talking to people, and they're going, "Oh man!" And, and when you see some of the how CBDCs can be programmed, as like, "Oh well, we're going to give you your universal basic income," and "Oh, you don't have your latest update, so you don't get your CBDC," or maybe there's a it's it's restricted with the time frame they can expire. So some of this stuff about the CBDC is really freaking people out long term. Well, well they, they should. But that's 10, 12 years really? away from that. That's not going to happen right away. Think about all the constitutional <clears throat> issues right. of having state-issued money. And then think about what happens if the Federal Reserve is issuing money. It will automatically defund the entire U.S. banking system because nobody will want to have money within the individual banks. There's, there's a lot of, of potential problems of rolling that out. Mm. And the Federal Reserve, they don't want to break anything. right? They would rather move slowly. I agree with you. It's eventually coming. You pull that camera back far enough, CBDCs are, are definitively coming. But by then, 
certainly my hope is that we will be on the way to hyper-Bitcoinization. Bitcoin will be much more valuable, much larger. Mm -hmm. We'll have very good uh, uh, low-cost uh, uh, net payment networks. Okay. And then there'll be an actual alternative to CBDCs. You're, but you're we're not there yet. You're very optimistic and very reasonable in your approach. It's easy to, you know, there's a lot of people with the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Um, and there's, uh, there's people, a lot of people now, they're spe saying especially quarter two is when we're going to really see the, the big crash in the market that is, is bound to come. But I remember uh, during the, the crypto bull market where people were saying it's going from 65 to 100,000. Mm. It's going to go. And everybody was pushing in. What happened? It contrarian went the other way. So now you've got a, the majority are saying Bitcoin has not yet tested its lows. What if everybody's wrong here the same way they were wrong in the bull market? Well, the first things first is everybody here listening has a stack. So if, if, if we're wrong, you're going to make money regardless. Right. Okay. The other thing is this is a case for why you should dollar cost average at least part of your capital. Let's say, okay, I've got X amount of capital to allocate this year. Take 30% of it and dollar cost average. Do it daily, do it weekly, do it monthly. So at least you have a position. The, the, the conundrum that you're talking about faces every investor, mm -hmm. whether you invest in stocks, whether you invest in homes, whether you flip collectible cars, watches. You, everybody has to deal with that, that same issue because none of us have a crystal ball. I'm Let's, actually looking for this thing on my phone where um, if you see the map of 2008, 2009 crash, and then how we're mapping out right now from the, the months leading up to the crash, it's almost like identical. And it, so it seemed like in 2008, 2009, they just kind of kicked the can down the road a little bit. They did quantitative easing, printed a bunch of money, and said, we're going to handle this crash down the road. And, here we and are bailed out Wall Street. Yeah, right? and here we are 15 years later of the kick can kicking down the road. I mean, how crazy could the crash be from your guys as, you know, at Palm Beach Research Group, and you guys are looking at this, how, how does this look? Are we looking at the market? We're sitting at a market. We're going 40% down, 30%. How big of a crash are we going to look at? Or maybe it's minimal crash. I mean, I don't know, but there's some, there's some sky is falling people, and I think I fit in that sometimes. Again, I'm going to bring it back to interest rates. It all depends on interest rates. If interest rates stay where they are, the U.S. equity market, as measured by the S&P 500, is probably 15 to 20 percent overvalued. Mm. If interest rates start coming down, then the, the, the current valuation is, is fair value on the S&P 500. If interest rates go up, let's say they go up to uh, uh, 5, 6, 7 percent, then you're going to see equity prices drop. If we go to 7 percent, then equity prices are probably going to drop 25, 30% more from here. But the key thing to remember is that 08, 09 was driven by a financial crisis because of bad collateral mm -hmm. and, and over lending. It's the same thing that's going on with DeFi was going on back then, except DeFi doesn't have any, you know, a big papa to, to bail no them out, uh, you yeah. know, like uh, the Federal Reserve. Mm -hmm. um, so what happened back in 08, 09, you had somebody who would take this one asset and they would borrow against it repeatedly, you know, right. six, seven, eight, 
you know, sometimes 38 times they would borrow against the same asset. So they can't do that anymore. That's not to say that you don't have some reckless borrowing going on in the financial system. You clearly do. You, you mentioned it in passing when you talked about what was going on with the Bank of England. The reason why you had that massive wobble in the Bank of England is you saw interest rates go from about 1.5% to 4 or 5% on long-dated uh, UK government debt. They're called gilts. So, so why does that matter? It matters because the, the pension funds in the UK uh, system were buying UK gilts at 1.5%, leveraging them 4 to 1, so they were getting a 6% return on capital. But what happens when a bond that was issued with a 1.5% yield now goes to 5%? I'll tell you what happens. It drops in value by 75%, and it wipes out your equity. And that's what happened. The entire pension fund system, the entire pension fund system for the UK was bankrupt. And the only reason why why those losses didn't have to get booked is because the Bank of England came in and said, we are going to buy an unlimited amount of long-dated debt in order to bring these yields down. So is that a kick which, in the can down did. the road kind oh, of no. thing? Oh, it's 100% a kick in the can down the road. Mm. Now, this is what I believe is happening since that took place. I, obviously, I don't know this for a fact, but what I think is happening is that you've, you are probably seeing central bankers around the world uh, uh, speak to all of their member banks and saying, you've got to get in contact with all of your pension fund counterparties and get them off leverage. Because, you, you, you know, because otherwise they can't raise interest rates and they need to raise interest rates mm. in order to bring uh, uh, inflation down. So I think that's what's happening right now. Because as soon as that happened, you started seeing this really weird buying of the 10-year treasury in the U.S. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, who's buying that? that that's not a pension fund buying that. that that's mm-hmm. got to be mm-hmm. some type of yield curve control happening by the Federal Reserve in order to mitigate some of this a risk that we saw play out in the UK. So my guess is that is that the very large players that have big leverage positions in bonds have deleveraged and now that that deleveraging is either done or mostly done, you are going to start seeing the interest rate on the 10-year treasury start to rise and also the interest rates in the UK start to rise quite dramatically. So if if anybody's long long dated bonds you should take advantage of this rally and get out of them. And if you want to stay in bonds, go short-dated. Go, go 90 days, six months. But, but do not take long-duration risk at this time. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. You are a, a licensed financial advisor. No, well. I am not a oh, licensed okay. financial advisor. So, None of this is financial okay. advice. Just, just check in. And I, I am just giving my perspective. So what does this tell you? The price of gold is approaching $1,900 again. So... I don't know. It's It's supposed to be a corollary with the dollar, right? It's been trading sideways for 10 years. The dollar goes down, gold goes up. Uh, uh, There's so much fake gold and fake silver paper out there. I don't even look at gold anymore. I don't know about sideways. 10 years ago, it was, uh, where are we at here? I'm looking at the actual price. Uh, It was around $1,100, you know, so it it got as high as $2,000. I mean, right. that, that's, that's a pretty, that's a pretty steep, uh, you know, yeah. increase there. 
So That's, that always makes me sad because I look at that and I know in 2009 and 2010 and 11, I was buying gold and silver instead of buying Bitcoin. <laughs> and then if I had done that, I would, you know, I, I, I'd probably be closing at a certain point at near a billion dollars. But instead, I have like half of the value that I spent on the gold and silver because the prices went eh, 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 and then went, I was like, oh, man. So I knew something was coming. My just strategy was not the well, best. Well, the thing to remember is the core <laughs> buyer of gold, they're dying. Mm. Peop- those pe- core buyers are in their 70s and 80s now. Mm-hmm. And the people that are coming up that would, would normally uh, buy gold, well, they're buying Bitcoin. Right. So if you look at the demographics over the next 20 years, you've got uh, Gen Z, Gen uh, X, and then uh, Gen Y. They're going to be inheriting about sixty-eight trillion dollars in value in gold. Well, well gold, no, no, just just, just in value. So, well, value. Yeah, what I'm saying is that that value is not going to trickle into gold. Right. That value is going to trickle. It, certainly, much of that is going to trickle into Bitcoin, right. Ethereum, and and the crypto ecosystem. But it's not going into gold. I think <laughs> gold is outside of maybe some brief moments where gold has spikes, which are impossible to predict think about this we've seen the worst inflation in 40 years it it would be you could have been totally right four years ago and said we're going to see out of control 40-year inflation load up on gold buy gold futures you're going to make a fortune and you would have looked like a dummy that's what they said they they were saying buy silver and you know Mm -hmm. stock up now silver is going to go to the moon silver is going to catch up with the you know it's too much manipulation in the space if if that wasn't the case then maybe that would be so Mm -hmm. it's at least it seems like that to me but it's like also i've always looked at this and i go man you know how is gold not ever really tied to bitcoin at all in a way that's easily accessible for people it's like really right now one bitcoin is worth eight and a half ounces of gold at, at the high at sixty nine thousand, like 30 mm-hmm. something ounces of gold for one bitcoin like that, right. to me like that's like whoa like that the dollar the dollar over time teeters and the value of it kind of, but it's like it's costing eight dollars, nine dollars to go buy a dozen eggs now, right? And so it's almost like how how yeah, many but, bitcoins per egg? Yeah, but the thing is, the, 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 the dollar is not a store of value. If you're using right. the dollar as That's a store sure. of value, you you, you, yeah. you need to do some remedial uh, yeah. training. So you don't want to keep your money in a bank account. You don't want to keep it in a stable coin. No, you no, don't no, want no. to keep it in gold or silver. You don't want to keep it in again. The- again, this is I'm not telling anybody what to do. Yeah. This is what I'm doing. I own short-term government bonds. Sure, 4.5%, which is what you're getting on government bonds, is probably half the current inflation rate. Right. But last year, would you prefer to have lost 4.5% or the amount of money that you lost, lost across the board? In yeah, crypto? geez. In some cases, some of my cryptos are down 90-something percent. I mean, right. like you're looking at that and it's just like, oh, it hurts. Please make it stop. Joel's, please make it stop. <laughs> So U.S. government, anybody can buy U.S. government bonds on any brokerage, right? Basically, yeah. Right? And if I ever get in trouble for telling people to buy U.S. government bonds, you know, I mean, <laughs> I don't know what I could do. There, they're, 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 they're the safest instrument in the world. Again, go ni- no more than ninety days or sixty or 90, 90 days to six months out because you don't want that. Uh, that the longer you go out on bonds, the the higher your risk is to changes in interest rate. They call that duration. I got a question around that. Yes. So say I go, I've never bought a bond before ever, yes. right? So let's say I go out and I buy a 30-day bond. Yeah. That 30-day is up. Does it automatically sell at that particular price? Or do you got to go in and... No, you don't have to sell anything. What happens is, is you're lending the government money for 30 days. Yeah. And after 30 days, they give you your money back and, and your little bit oh. of interest. Okay, wow, yeah. nice. Very nice. Okay. Automatic, easy peasy. Um, so your, uh, your newsletter, very popular, 
um, tell people a little bit about you know what you do at Palm Beach and yeah. So Palm Beach Confidential, we started that newsletter to cover the crypto space in in 2016. There really wasn't very good unbiased research in crypto. And I say unbiased because at, 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 at least at our newsletter, we're not allowed to buy the things that we recommend. Uh, I can buy Bitcoin, I can buy Ethereum, that's it. Anything outside of that that I've recommended, I, I can't buy. So, and we also don't take any outside sponsorship or advertising or anything of that nature. So we can go into the project, look at it, write about it, and not be beholden to anyone, which is, you know, given us an edge uh, over the years. And that's what we do. It's essentially, we're, we're, most of us are ex-Wall Street guys, and we take our due diligence approach, and we, we write in a way that everybody can understand, but we also write in a way that respects the, the research process that we all learned on Wall Street. It seems to me like, oh, my God, you find something, just for example, Polygon, and you're like, oh, man, Polygon. I'm not saying you think Polygon's great or, or bad, but you're like, oh, man, it's doing stuff with Disney. It's got the great metrics. They're building. They're doing all this stuff. And you're like, oh, I can't buy any Matic because... That's right. Really? Yeah. And you're like, damn, I should get some Matic. So, like... And so just, that's why it's a good idea for you to be part of the newsletter because you get to hear about these projects. You're doing deep dives in, and you guys aren't any... Winning at all on those. Well, that seems he's so getting, antithetical he's getting to how paid, most though, places are. Getting paid for the newsletter because right. he's got right. That's our revenue stream. is the newsletter. Yeah, so yeah. we have built our business around providing excellent research, mm -hmm. and and that's that's our model. We we make money off subscription fees. That's it. So if we don't do a good job, we don't deliver. You know, you we no subscribers. We, we don't I want a refund. Yeah, give me a refund. I lost ninety nine percent on Matic. Damn it, give me a refund. I didn't lose that much on Matic. Only about eighty five percent. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what price did you own Matic at? Too too many dollars. I, yeah, yeah. Well, I think Matic got up to what two fifty, two sixty, and now yeah, something like, like that's eighty five, ninety yeah, cents. It's, it's only okay. down sixty. It's only down sixty yeah, percent. That's Joel. actually one of the the biggest winners <laughs> yeah. right now. I think in in crypto. So you uh, you worked on Wall Street. Tell us some of the what are the dirty little secrets there in the boys club okay so one of the one of the biggest dirty little secrets on wall street is wall street does not want you to be rich now they also don't want you to be broke they want to keep you even and they want to milk you for fees it's the reason why they say let's just hook us up hook you they really want to hook you up into their fee machine they want to be able to take money from your account every month and put it into their high cost funds and they just basically slowly bleed you dry for 30 years hmm. that that's their biggest thing it's like don't blow customers up keep them even and just keep them in this fee machine just just enough right just enough. Talk, talk about you know you want to buy some stocks they're going to go up they're going to go down you got jim kramer you know shilling on tv probably Dude. getting paid well to do what he's doing and 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 what i'm told from my friends uh, and advisors is that buying stocks is a chump bet that that's not what they're doing on Wall Street, that they're playing with the in-between money, right, with their options and their futures. That's what the big boys do. There's a lot of different ways that, that larger um, companies monetize. But just, just remember, Wall Street's biggest profit center is you, the customer. Mm -hmm. Always remember that. Mm -hmm. So if It's like big pharma. It's like every time that you heal uh, someone, you lose a customer. <laughs> right? So they don't, they don't like that, right? right? So... Uh, if you're looking to get involved in the stock market, you're much better off just buying a, 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 a an S&P 500 Vanguard fund where I think it's, 
I don't know, maybe 10 basis points is what they mm-hmm. charge you. You're, you're going to beat 85% of all fund managers. And over a, a long period of time, you're going to beat more than 90% of the fund managers in the world. So, so uh, again, I, you know, I know this is about crypto, but let's talk about in investments and, and the attitude around investments. It's about money. I mean, we're, it's about the future. It's about making good decisions. Yeah, it's bad crypto, but the bad. You know, we're bad, so we can talk about whatever we want. Well, if you really care about making money and growing your net worth, the single biggest lever you have is your, is your career. So you should look at your career. If your career does not give you the ability to make a lot of money, you need to change careers. Travis, he's talking to us. Oh, man. We, <laughs> we need to do the good crypto podcast. Damn, Damn it. it. Why we, this will be the last episode. All these shitty ones. It's all your fault, Joe. I blame, I blame myself. Never mind. I blame me. So in terms of wealth creation, focus on a great career. Focus on getting great at your career and increase your ability to earn. And then once you've increased your ability to earn, don't increase your ability to spend. Reduce your, reduce your spending and then invest the balance. Something as simple as an S&P 500 fund over time will develop enough wealth for you to retire on. And of course, you know, I'm going to say buy a little Bitcoin along the way. But it, it's a mistake to put your, in my opinion, to put your entire net worth in, into Bitcoin. I've always said that cryptos and Bitcoin are one small part of, of a holistic wealth plan. They're, mm. they're not the be-all and end-all of everything you should do in order to create long-term wealth. It's a financial instrument, not the be-all, end-all, and take a look and learn about some of these other things. I think that's one of the reasons people tune into our show. Is like, well, for one, they wanted to learn about crypto, and two, it's like, well, what, how do I make money? What do I need to do? And so well, we've always been adamant about not giving financial advice, but we bring people on who are intelligent enough to, to teach people what to do. So if you're listening right now, pay attention to some of these things and think about some of these other financial instruments because right now we're in a really interesting time in world history, and so be safe, right? Be safe. And the other thing is to think about your career right now and think about, okay, does my career have the ability for me to make a lot of money? And then what are the people that are making a lot of money in my career doing? So take one of those people out, identify them, and, and take them out for lunch. And you pay for the lunch. Mm-hmm. And Don't say I want to pick your brain. Don't say I want to pick your brain. I hate that. And just, and just talk to them. Don't say person. I want to pick your nose either because no. that's gross no, that, also. That's that yeah. very gross. And, and just, have, I just say, listen, you know, I'm, I've, I've really seen you've been incredibly successful. Tell me your story. What do you do different from everybody else? Mm-hmm. What makes you different? Mm-hmm. And somebody, and if and just shut up and let that person speak, and 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 that person will tell you the things that they've done. They've they've generally come in earlier. They've mm-hmm. worked harder. They've they've done more. They've put themselves in the pathway of opportunity. They've taken on more. And maybe you might be sitting there, and especially if you work for somebody else, and you think, well. You know, if I do all that, I'm not going to get paid. Or how, what do I do if that's not recognized by my employer? The thing to remember is you do all of that extra work not for your employer. You do it for you so you can become the type of person that gets better at what you're doing so you can ultimately either make more money in the role you have 
or become more valuable in the marketplace so somebody else will pay mm. you more money for what you do. It's about your development. And there's no such thing as wasted effort. If you say, oh my goodness, you know, I did all this extra work, I wrote this extra report, I went to these extra classes and, and nobody in my company cares or nobody cares that I made extra money for the company, it doesn't matter. What matters is, is that you got better. Your confidence is going to increase. You can take that increased confidence and that increased competence and parlay it into another role that gets you more money. It's about developing you for your benefit. I love that. You know, and that's one of the things that I, that I really did back in 2006. I created a podcast called Cultivate Greatness. And I was like, you know what? If I go and interview all these amazing people, then some of that's going to rub off. And now I have a lot of these amazing people in my network, right? And so, like, even taking time and just creating a podcast of some sort and interviewing people will allow you to have access to people you wouldn't usually have access to. We call that the John Lee Dumas effect, right? That's basically what our buddy John did. Right? He yeah, started interviewing he successful people, mm -hmm. and now is, all the entrepreneurs are burning. They're on fire. Um, so I, I actually had a point in, in my bad joke there. I just, I lost it completely. Oh, I remember. So everybody can't do that though, because as, uh, uh, was said in Caddyshack all those years ago by Ted, uh, what the Ted, I want to say Ted Knight. Was that his name? The comedian Ted Knight. What he said was, well, Danny, the world needs ditch diggers too, Right. Uh, it, who would do the the jobs that you're not aspiring to greatness? You're the you know you're the clerk at at Walmart. You're uh, you know. So I I have been both the ditch digger and the ditch owner. Right. And when I was let's call it ditch digger, working three jobs, right, working during the day, mm. and then working at night, and then working on the weekends. I, I was still thinking about how do I get better at my job? I was still uh, spending far less than I was earning. I was still saving right, you're, money. But you're an achiever, and the world is not made of achievers. There is a reason we have this bell curve, and we have this thing called average, because the majority of people, look, they, they go to their J-O-Bs, and they're not aspiring more to that. They're, they're cashing their checks. They're barely living within their means. And they have no hope of going beyond that in their mind that this so, is as so good what, as so it what gets. what is it that you're asking me? How do, how do, I, how do I force change on the, all of society? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm saying <laughs> how that. How do you that, give them a swift kick in the ass? You know what? They're going to they're gonna change if they want to change. Right. right. That's the bottom line. I can't help those people. I'm here on this podcast and do this type of work for the person that wants to change. The, right. the, the person that look, is looking around their life and they're thinking, you know, my life's got to be better than this. There's got to be a better life than this. Mm -hmm. Like that guy, that girl, mm -hmm. that person I can help. The person who sits around and is perfectly happy with their life as it is. God bless him. I don't think they're happy, though. I don't. Well, some people are. Well, they're going right? to have to change, Joel, because AI is coming and it's here and it's getting crazy for a lot of those. Are, jobs. are you going down that rabbit hole? Are you going down? You see what's happening with AI, with ChatGPT and Midjourney, the images. You know, all of a sudden, unless you are excellent as a photographer or as a content creator, you're you're not going to be needed anymore. I, I would say this is a warning that everyone listening to should pay attention to. If you have not made obtaining financial freedom your top priority, 
you are making a mistake of epic proportions because as AI improves, economic opportunity will shrink at a scale that we have never, ever Mm -hmm. seen before. Economic opportunity is going to coalesce around the very smartest people in this world. So where are the new opportunities? What's going to rise? What are we going to have a need for? You know, with with the horse and buggy, that thing goes away. Now you get the car, right? Self-driving car is going to come. Then you're not going to need Uber drivers that came up in this, you know, shared economy. Where are the opportunities going to rise? Um, Have you thought about this much? I haven't thought about it much, but I have thought about, okay, what, what are the core skills that are valuable no matter what world we live in. So one core skill that, that let's say you, you think you have no talent. I have average intelligence, but I, I'm not really particularly talented in anything. There's one core skill that any, I believe anyone can learn that is the greatest equalizer. It's juggling. I know he's going to say juggling. Mm. Right? It's juggling. I thought it was going to be really, really, really ridiculously good looking. And humble. Well, and that, juggling. That helps. <laughs> that helps. Uh, no, learning how to sell. Oh, see, I was learning wrong. I was wrong. Learning how to sell. Anyone can learn how to sell. Yeah. If you can learn how to sell, you will always be able to feed yourself and your family. Because, yes, AIs will be able to learn how to sell. But mm-hmm. there is... It's that personal it's touch. It's that personal touch. It's going to be a long time before computers will be able to fill in that gap. Hmm. They will eventually, but it'll be a long time. We are entering into a brave new world, seriously, as we're rushing to 2030. I mean, here we are. We're in 2023. Yeah. 2030 will be here before we know it, right? And it's, it's, it seems to me like I'm looking at this. Maybe it's because after 2012, we've entered into the age of Aquarius and things are just rapidly mo- But if you look at the last 100 plus years, you know, it's like from horse and buggy to the car, to the airplane, to good Lord, here we are with AI within a hundred years of civilization. And the last one, actually probably from maybe from the year 1900 to now, maybe 125 years, the growth of humanity, it's almost like something has unlocked within us creative wise to... It's just exploded, and it seems to me that these next seven to ten years, we're going to see more change than we've seen in a long time as AI gets smarter and some of this technology gets going. And so, you know, it is always interesting to pay. And if you can see what's going on in some places around the world, like with the Uyghur population in China, with the Panopticon, and how there's you know cameras everywhere and all this stuff, it's like, man, just how do we work? To humanity's favor, so we don't get stuck into this dystopian thing, man. You said panopticon. That's I cool. Know. I haven't. That's, that's. I haven't heard that. Word it in makes a long them time. sound real smart. It does. Do you want to explain true. to everybody what the panopticon well, is? Well, panopticon is essentially a prison that you don't really realize you're in a prison where there's cameras everywhere and it's they the can monitor you. It's well, it's it's a, it's a, the panopticon in its truest sense is like a central tower that can watch everything but not everybody realizes that they're being watched surveillance surveillance everywhere the surveillance state on steroids is happening in my uh, my my new june oven is watching you right now it's true yeah well, I Actually, farted in its general direction i don't know if it saw that or not but it's probably gonna make my burn my next meal but so it is interesting to watch at where we're heading and it's like it's like that's where I'm kind of like humanity. Man, we got to wake up because things could get crazy in here if we don't pay attention. So let's talk about what would you view as a crazy outcome. What do I view as a crazy outcome? Well, you know, just the the tightening of of everything when, when governments. Well, now we're already at a point from my perspective where elections aren't 
trust we can't trust elections because they're all using these online software and then and look how quickly they shut down the world for covid you know basically all, all they had to say was hey we need to shut down for a couple of weeks and the whole world was essentially shut down what happens when that next one gets released? How much more are they tighten? And what it seems to me is like they always take two or three steps forward. They wait for the resistance, and then they take a step back and just kind of wait and breathe a little You're bit. You're such a conspiracy realist. I'm a, but, but let's talk about, I, I hear you. Yeah. But let's talk about how it directly affects your ability to live your life the way that you want to live. Outside, well, we, we outside couldn't go of, outside. Well, no, no, for, I, I mean, yeah. outside, outside of a pandemic, which is, right. has been a once-in-a-century kind of deal. Maybe. Right. Well, we'll see. You can call me back and say they pulled it off once. They masked us once. They got millions of people jabbed, and now a lot of people are regretting having done so. And they collapsed the economy. They killed businesses, and they're like, "Huh? Well, if we could do that, what else can we do?" Right. Right. But they also flooded the world with liquidity. And again, if you were nimble enough. There was an opportunity there to make enormous sums of money. My, sure. my, my point is, is that you're, what it appears to me is that you're personalizing something that isn't personal. Mm. The, the machinations of government wanting to exert more control are as old as Roman times. Heck, even Greek times. Right, right. For thousands of years, governments, rulers, barons, uh, you name it, kings, queens. But we've never have had always this kind of technology. Tri- have always to, tried to, to take control. Us, though. You're right. Yeah, but the, the, but the, here, there's also a double edged sword with this mm. technology. They're sucking in so much information. They have information overload. What are they going to do? You telling me there's some guy sitting there that's like, oh, I know Travis is cheating on his taxes and I'm going to catch him with my, with, with my little radar that I have with my AI. Bro, no. No, you, they're going to go after Bezos. They're going to go after uh, Warren Buffett. They're going to go after these big, big targets. They're going to go after the they, $600 Venmo right, transaction. You know what I mean? <laughs> that, that, was just, that was the stupidest thing. It's like some guy sells his, sells his trading cards, and you're going to – thank God they stripped that out. I yeah. mean, they say they're going to bring it back, but I think that's one of the dumbest uh, 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 things dumb. that they can do. And such, such a time suck of, of government resources. You're going to chase people down for $600 with a you know, trading card revenue. It's nuts. I think perhaps you should be clear that you do not cheat on your taxes because he just asserted that. Right. Don't you know, be, you, why do you be like that, dude? Yeah. It's not cool. <laughs> throw me under the bus. No, but I, so, I mean, if I look at it, I'm like, you know what? When I don't pay attention to the media, because I don't pay attention to mainstream media, but when I watch the doom and gloom, you can see it's like, oh, shit, this is getting crazy. But, it, but it's infecting <clears throat> your current state of mind oh, you know, let me ask you yeah. do you have food in your fridge for sure are, are your bills, does it look are, like i have food are, in my are, fridge are you are your, are your bills paid yeah do you have sure. people that love you for sure do you enjoy your life yeah then live your life well, that's what that's how i do that is that's the case and that's what i talk about but i can kind of see it's like it, it, it's that sort of the cavalier thing that kind of makes people go all right as they slowly inch towards the shittiness for us all and so if I look at it, I mean, I, I want to be optimistic. I think that humanity on its core is, is really positive. Yeah, but you're carrying a homing device that listens to everything you say, mm. that tracks everything you do. You got sacred that, geometry that right tracks, there, though. That's that pretty tracks, awesome. That yeah. tracks everywhere you go, and you tell me you care about your freedom? Mm. Put this in a goddamn garbage if you care about your freedom and carry a flip phone yeah dude on a faraday cage yeah yeah i'm not that tied on it but you can see how you know even people who are going to protest and stuff they're like oh well they protested we pinged their phone we saw who they are boom now they're gone they haven't you don't see them anymore yeah don't again if 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 that bothers you yeah don't have a phone. Mm-hmm. Opt out of having a phone. You can live your life without a phone. It mm-hmm. might feel like you can't, but you certainly can. We did can. before. Mm-hmm. 
We we did before. How am I supposed to tweet? Yeah, damn it. with your mind. I got updates Pretty, to do. I got instas to post. The chip. They're gonna chip you, and you'll be able to tweet with your mind. Don't know. This don't is know. why a lot of people, you know, uh, so we just got our second, uh, not not Travis and me, we, myself and my partner, we just got our second citizenships in another country, in another passport. And I'm a big believer in having a plan B. That is taking control of your life and going, what if things go to hell in a handbasket? What can I do? You still haven't told me yet what hell in a handbasket means. I need you to be specific. A dystopian what, specific? hellscape. So, dystopian okay. hellscape. So, We're, what outcome is it that you would say? All right, I'm out. I'm. Li- I know what the outcome is for me, and I'll tell you. But I want you guys to tell me what. Well, that I would is. say you think of the Great Reset. You're going to own nothing, and you'll be happy. Eat you bugs. Talk about the, wor- the, the World Economic Forum and how they're saying, "Oh yeah, we're going to do away with meat. You're going to be eating bug p- protein powder, and you're going to." And then we don't even know. We don't even know the consequences of all of these 60% of the world population okay, taking hold, these hold, vaccines hold, 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 Okay, There's a lot of crazy okay. shit going on. I'm, I'm, this is my third time asking you this question. Mm-hmm. What is the specific set of circumstances? Okay, I think, the, I that, think the, the, if, the global economy crashes. They bring in a digital CBDC of some sort. 30 to 40% of the population dies because of these strange medical coincidences. And it just... And then slowly they're going to go, oh, look, see, it's a new cause. This is causing all of us. And so then, you know, if you look at what Orwell said, it's my view is sort of an Orwell and Aldous Huxley hybrid. It's not so much one or the other. It's kind of a little bit of both. It's like a brave new world. There's going to be sort of quarantined areas that you can't go in. You're not approved to go in. If we're looking at 10, 15 years down the road going on and they keep they keep releasing these viruses or whatever's going on. And now you got to take the new vaccines. It's going to create a group of people that are very, very unhealthy because their immune systems are destroyed. I'm not taking those because I'm not. I'm not diving. So down I that think path. I think where it, it, where it would cross the line, where it would say, you must take this medical procedure, whether you, can't you want to or not, because you don't have this passport, this vaccine passport. You can't go. Like people can't come to America unless they have the vaccine. So there's already Still. some weird shit going on. It's just a matter of how we focus on it. And, uh, you, he has something in his head, though. That yeah. he, go ahead. What is yours? No, for for me, it's it, it's confis- uh, uh, confiscation of wealth, mm-hmm. loss of property rights, insane mm. taxation. Right. You know, those are the things yeah. that I would say. Okay, those are my red lines. I'm I'm out. The type of hellscape that you are describing. Let's say that I was a, a professional bookie. Man, I would those odds of what look, you're look talking at China about, though. I mean, they've got very, the social credit low. system now that there's if you yeah, if he's you, talking about forty percent of the people dying. Oh well, Travis depends has a flair for the dramatic. Depends on the time frame. Yeah. Well, I mean, the <laughs> the statistics are ramping up pretty bad. I hope that's not the case. I hope that I'm wrong. Right. Because people we know, people we know are are having very bad situations so, so through I, these I, medical coincidences. I feel like I have to be kind of a voice of reason here and say, friends, those of you that are listening right now, these take, guys are conspiracy theorists. Just take this an is, extra dose of your blood pressure medication. <laughs> <laughs> take take a breath, and and so many things that that mankind has obsessed over and been afraid of. They've just rubbed the joy of of daily life. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we don't know how long we're going to be on this earth, right? We could die next week. We could die tomorrow. We could die in 50 years. Mm-hmm. But all we have is this specific moment. So, friends, if you find yourself wrapped up with these types of thoughts 
and it is taking away from the joy that you're experiencing in this moment, please stop because there's nothing you can do about it in this moment. And That's go enjoy why we your moved life. to Puerto Rico, amigo. You know, hug a loved one, do something nice for a friend, go out for a walk, and enjoy the, the reality that you're living in right now. Because, yes, maybe you're right. Maybe the, the reality we're moving into is horrible. Mm-hmm. But why put yourself in a situation where you are living that reality now yeah. and living it in the future. Well, I'm saying this is because I'd like to find a solution so that doesn't happen. I don't want a lot of I don't want some of this dystopian technography to happen. This technocracy, you know, whatever, technocracy? Is that what it I is? I like technocracy. That was a fun. Technopoly. No, it's it's <laughs> if you if you piece it all together, I mean, and I think that it's part of that it, it has has hurt me with wealth creation even in the past because once I r- realized about the Federal Reserve Bank how it's not backed by anything and how they print money out of thin air. And it's like, well, the military says so. And so the government says so. It's the world reserve currency. So it's money. When I realized that it wasn't money back in 2000, I was like, oh, my God, this is not even money. It's like, so I missed out on some of those tech booms. I knew Amazon was going to be great, but I was like, when's this going to what's going on? So I know that some of that has impacted me. I looked at Apple. I bought some Apple stock, but then I'm looking at it going, man, what? Yeah. So when Bitcoin came around, that's when I was like, ah, look at this. It's outside of government creation, potentially. Maybe the NSA did it. I don't know. Nobody really knows who Satoshi is. But it was that mechanism that's deflationary in nature. That's why I like cryptocurrency. That's why I like Bitcoin, because it takes the state element of control out of it, in theory, which makes everything a little better. And so, you know, here we are, as Joel mentioned, we are in Puerto Rico. It's a it's a. The world is not doesn't look like the sky is falling when you go outside. No. But I do know that I've seen a lot of friends that have passed away from medical coincidences right now, even though I said, hey, you might not. I don't take V1 of any technology, right? I'm not going to go out and get V1 of Neuralink and connect my brain on that. I did buy the first iPhone, to be fair. You did? Yeah, okay, I did. I did. I but that's, I'm a, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a pioneer. <laughs> you know, you mentioned Bitcoin. Let's, let's wrap with Bitcoin, okay? Because you guys are doing your analysis, and uh, you're looking at what's happening now, but you're also looking towards the future. A bull run is going to happen. Probably not this year. Maybe next year we start to see the beginning of it into the having into 2024. Um, two questions. One, do you think the governments of the world can, if they decide to, stop Bitcoin? I, I have my own thoughts on that, but I want to hear what you think. And two, where do you think we'll see a high on this next bull run? Okay, governments can slow down Bitcoin adoption, and they're already doing that and have done that. They cannot stop Bitcoin. Um, so that's that, the answer to that question. Unstoppable. Uh, in terms of where Bitcoin will go on the next run, I, I struggle with that um, because I was one of those people that thought that we'd crack 100K mm-hmm. uh, on Bitcoin and was shocked, really, really shocked uh, that we didn't. Me too. It didn't match the previous cycles. No, not at all. Not at all. And, and uh, the only thing I can think that, w- that was different was you had interest rates rising. So I agree. Was it CME in the future? Does that impact the market? I don't think so because the, the, the spot market is so much bigger than, than the futures market trading. In, in the future, you know, several years in the future, CME trading will, will probably be much bigger than spot trading. But that, that's, that's quite, a ways, yeah. quite a ways away. It was uh, perplexing because it did this 63 or 64, whatever, and then it went down. 
And then, oh, then it was going back. I was like, whoa, it passed 60. Oh, man, we are. But I kind of thought that was the tip when it was the 63, 64. And then yeah. we saw it go above that. And I was like, oh, man. But I'm not financial advice. But it's like I saw that. And I was like, ooh. All right. So let's. what's the prediction? Yeah, I, I think we break six figures. Um, uh, I, I, I'm, at this point, I'm not comfortable giving a target for the next cycle. But, yes, I believe we will break the old high and, and break above that six-figure mark. So. Hundred thousand minimum. Yes. What you're looking at from here, that's like what a six X. Yes. From where we are right now. So if you are indeed dollar cost averaging on Bitcoin right now, two years is what we'd be looking at. Yes. I mean, if anybody could tell you in two years you're gonna six X your money, it's ridiculous. Nobody would have believed right. that before, except some far fetched scheme. Yeah. So what do you think about this time? Because you know, Every time that it halves, there's less Bitcoin that's being created, right? Mm -hmm. Now we're going to see. It's going to start getting to the point, it seems to me, like, oh, now we're going from this amount to this amount. Oh, there's only, it's only a few Bitcoins created every 10 minutes. Oh, now it's half of that. So, you know, 19 point, how many, like 19.5 or something? Mm -hmm. So there's only a million and a half Bitcoin left to be mined. Does that impact the, the, the future ongoing price of Bitcoin in the future? Because there's not as many new ones being created. Yeah, it does, because the demand picture for Bitcoin increases over time. If you look at the amount of external demand for Bitcoin from 10 years ago, which was nothing, mm. to then two years beyond that, and then two years and two years and two years, it, it, it rises exponentially. And if you look at, <coughs> excuse me, if you look at where the source of new Bitcoin demand is going to come from, a lot of it is going to be driven from Wall Street. If you look at Fidelity adding crypto to 40 million of their retirement accounts, right. Bitcoin is going to become a core holding in the IRA slash retirement space. Mm -hmm. That is going to be a massive sink for Bitcoin demand. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to also have products that will offer Bitcoin as, as part of a, an inducement to actually use the product whether it's credit cards or other types of products um, that, uh, that you know, haven't even been invented yet. So, so the use case for Bitcoin will increase at a rate that we haven't seen before, and it will increase around use cases that we haven't seen before that are very, very difficult to uh, uh, prophesize. So if you think about bandwidth for the Internet, when, when bandwidth was being built out in 1999 and 2000, a lot of these companies that were creating that bandwidth were going out of business because institutions were saying, who is ever going to need high-speed internet? Right. That's ridiculous. We got 54K internet. That's fine. What do we do? Why do we need 100 megs? Mm -hmm. and, 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 of course, you, know, you can't think and you can't see the future. You can only see the future so far. And the future moves exponentially, especially when it comes to tech. Mm -hmm. And so the same, I believe, is true for the adoption of, of Bitcoin and the different use cases for Bitcoin. What, what about this? Because this is one thing that's always been interesting to me is that, you know, with gold and silver, you can have paper gold and silver. And so there's like 500 times more gold than there is actual gold or 250 times more silver, whichever the numbers that they might be flipped. I don't remember which one's which. What's, and then we heard FTX was basically selling people Bitcoin and they weren't actually selling them Bitcoin. That's so right. like, what's going to stop... I know Fidelity and they're all sort of, they're all insured and whatever, but what's going to stop like paper Bitcoin from being sold to some of these people and them not, and they're keeping them on the, 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 the institutional exchanges and they're not managing their own coins and they have, is that something that that's, uh, should, we should think about? 
You should, but you don't need to think about it right now. That's a problem for seven years from now. Okay. But not now. Mm. Okay. I'm not going to worry about it today. I'm going to put it on my phone. I'm going to worry about it. Put, it, put a yeah, reminder in there. Seven years hey, Siri, to set your alarm. Now, remind me to worry about Bitcoin. You just set off everybody's uh, <laughs> phones right now. Uh, Tika to worry. Palm Beach letter. What's the website for people? Do uh, <laughs> it's a, a palmbeachgroup.com. It has all the info on our firm, and we have a free newsletter, and uh, you can find out more about us at palmbeachgroup.com. Awesome. Dude, thanks for coming and hanging out with us today. Well, thanks we appreciate it. Me. Thanks for having me. It's been yeah. great. And you're going to uh, – um, can we talk real briefly about your pl- your personal plans for the future? Do you want to share at all what you're uh, doing? Sure, yeah. I'm actually going to be crossing the Atlantic soon in my own boat. I yeah. had a 50-foot catamaran built. I'm just a couple of weeks, I'm going to be flying out to mm. the Canary Islands. And we're taking the boat across the Atlantic, and we're sailing right into the Caribbean. Yar, he's Captain oh, Tawari. Ahoy, I'll me. be hoping you'd be finding gold. Well, maybe not. You'd be not, not gold. liking gold. <laughs> right. He'd be finding bitcoins. Finding and bitcoins. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so uh, definitely once-in-a-lifetime deal and really looking forward to it. You better get yourself a good captain, matey. <laughs> I, have, I have a wonderful captain. Oh, that's good. Well, there you go. Tika. Rocked I think it. I say Tiki because his last name ends in an I, and so in my head... You're just shortening it. it. So here's what you don't know. He, um, his parents are from South America, from Guyana, and uh, that was a British colony, and they moved to England. So he was born and raised in England and didn't leave until he was 16 years old. So he had a British accent. And I said, what, what happened to your British accent? He said, Wall Street knocked it out of me. Like working on Wall Street, usually, you know, people keep their accent. Mm -hmm. And if you listen closely, knowing that, you can go, okay, I hear little shades. You know, I I did notice it seemed a little like it felt South African. Yeah, but it it knocked it out of him. Like Mm -hmm. Wall Street, he's like, New York just completely. Oh, and everybody's walking around talking like this. And you're talking, hey, welcome to some crumpets. They're like. Get so, back hey, to work. You get no tea. You get no crumpets. Uh, let us know what you guys would like to, you know, hear on Bad Crypto this year. We're uh, we're open to uh, interviewing a lot of leaders in the space. Uh, I will say that our inbox is full of people that want to be on the show, but we're being way more selective in terms of who comes on the show because we have to be interested in the content in order for it to be interesting mm-hmm. to you, for us to help make it interesting. And uh, we don't want to pump content out just to put audio in your ears. Yeah. We want it to so be quality. Think, probably one a week, maybe two a week. I don't know. Maybe ten going. a week. Maybe zero a week. Yeah. What you, you got for the last two You know weeks? what? Hit the subscribe button, and uh, when there's a new episode, it's going to end up on your device. And then you'll be like, oh, I know this is quality because it's here in my uh, my ears. Yeah. We made you some content. Daddy made you your favorite. Open up wide. Here comes the content. (laughs) Are you just making this up or is this part of... No, that's Bo Burnham. Oh, right, right, right. I saw that. I tell you, you watch it once. It's like, okay. But then like you listen to it on Spotify. Ha ha. You watch it again. You're like, oh my God, he's so brilliant. It's so... I love that guy. It it was really well done. For uh, those of you who don't know what he's talking about, he did a Netflix special, Bo Burnham, called Inside. 
that he filmed in during, one room during COVID. And I, it, it is very creative and will make you feel a little bit claustrophobic. Like, I'm, I'm walking out now. I'm yeah. getting, let me out. What was so good for me is that, you know, when you look at it, it's so creative. He made all the songs, produced all the songs, wrote all the lyrics, made all the, made all the music, did all the recording, did all the lighting, all did it. all the editing, the re- produced. Like, it, it, to me, it's just, that's why it got nominated for six Emmys and mm. won three because it's just, who does that? Like it was so good, and then Netflix goes, "Wow, that was so good." Do you have any B-roll? So he actually they released, released another one thing. called "Outtakes from Inside." Yeah, it's so good. Good stuff. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. We appreciate you as always. You can write us at badcryptopodcast at gmail dot com or give us a call on the Bad Crypto Hotline at seven zero eight 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 five nine zero. And we're going to have uh, new NFTs coming your way as well. So if you're not in the Bad Crypto um, Nifty Club, go to badcrypto.uncut.fm and get the spinny red NFT. More airdrops coming your way. And uh, that's all I got, Lord Travis. That's all form, you got. Formerly that's all you sir. Get. That's all you get. You got an hour today. You got an hour plus. Boom. Boom. Keep that is change. some badness. So stay bad. Boom. Who's bad? The Bad Crypto Podcast is a production of Bad Crypto LLC. The content of the show, the videos, and the website is provided for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. It's not intended to be and does not constitute financial, investment, or trading advice of any kind. You shouldn't make any decisions as to finances, investing, trading, or anything else based on this information without undertaking independent due diligence and consultation with a professional financial advisor. Please understand that the trading of Bitcoin's and alternative cryptocurrencies have potential risks involved. Anyone wishing to invest in any of the currencies or tokens mentioned on this podcast should first seek their own independent professional financial advisor. Badness. Stay bad. All up in your business with the badness. Uh, Balls deep. (laughs) 